You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Good evening and thanks for joining me here on this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and on tonight's show I travel to the beautiful countryside in West Limerick to meet Eman McDonnell to find out about her lens and larger collaboration with Kleena Prendergast. Food writer Dee Laffin has news about a fundraiser at Night Market in Dublin's Ranala to raise money for MS Ireland. And Gabby Gaydays has details about a number of different gin experiences to be enjoyed in different parts of Ireland. If at any point you'd like to get in touch with me here at the show, you can drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation. So to start the show off tonight, we're going to the phone line to talk to food writer Dee Laffin. You might remember that Dee joined us on the show last year to tell us about her fundraising adventure to base Camp Everest. Well, she raised an incredible amount of money, but she's pushing for more. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Dee, you're very welcome to the programme this evening. And the last time you were on with us, you were heading off to base camp at Mount Everest. How did that trip go for you? Um, very well. I made it and back successfully. And um, it was, as you can imagine, absolutely breathtaking. Um, the the trek was difficult, but not you know too strenuous. It's just, I think, an endurance test. You're going out every day, hiking for hours, so you know, you get quite tired and you have to keep going and it's 12 days trekking all together. So from that perspective, it was hard. But, you know, I was with a great group of people. Um, I made such, you know, as they say, friends for life and just really such amazing people. I was really fortunate that we all really gelled well together. Um, and Nepal, I'd never been to before. The people there are absolutely just just such beautiful people. And the further when you go up the mountain as you're walking up, because they don't, you know, they would just see tourists and they just live up there. They're poorer and they don't travel or anything. So they're very um, kind people, very, um, uh, you know, just really appreciative of of tour of the tourism trade that they get because it really helps them in terms of um, local economy. And they, they because they live up there all year round, you know, they're used to, it's all about surviving up there. And they're just really wonderful people, very kind, very generous and beautiful people. So that for me, meeting the people as we went up further and seeing how they live and everything was really part of it as well. Um, so, but the trip was, I highly recommend it to anyone. Um, you don't have to be, if you think that you can't do it, like your level of fitness isn't uh, good enough, I would say, don't, don't think that. It really is. Just, you know, if you have a good level of fitness and you like hiking, anyone can do it. I really would highly recommend it. It's absolutely fabulous. And the reason that you did it was to raise money for MS Ireland, because that's a cause that's very close to your heart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was diagnosed with MS myself um, six years ago, and I um, am very fortunate to live symptom free. And I but you know, obviously, it's a I on I have ongoing treatment for it, and I'm I'm but I'm you know dealing with it and living with it day by day. But I wanted to. There are people um, living with MS in Ireland who need a lot more support and care, and I just always wanted to do something to raise a significant amount of money for MS Ireland if I could, and so that's why I decided to do the trek. Um, I saw that they advertised it, and and I took it up, and I'm happy to say that I raised um, just shy of nine thousand euros. So I just would like to just say thank you to everybody who supported me. Um, but um, I suppose uh, one thing I want to talk about is just that I, I'm i you know really happy to have raised so much, but I just felt um, as I was going to close off my fundraising account and everything, I just thought, wouldn't it be nice if I was able to round that up to €10,000? Um, and I suppose that's where I am at the moment and that I've decided to do one last dinner and um, to raise money um, for MS Ireland on, um, on behalf of me doing my trek. Um, and I coincidentally was at a dinner in the Night Market uh, restaurant in Ranala in Dublin 6. And uh, the Night Market is, for anyone who, who hasn't heard of it, it's a uh, Thai restaurant um, and it's absolutely, I mean, I really have to say the best Thai food I've ever had in Ireland 
um, it's just such a wonderful place. And I was at an event in there and I got chatting to the uh, owners, um, Connor and his wife are. Um, and turns out Connor is, uh, Connor Sexton, he's really big into hiking as well. And he's done a lot of treks, a lot more, way more difficult and higher altitude than actually ever space camp. But he has thought about doing ever space camp and the two of us suddenly bonded chatting for, for a long time over um, hiking and, and different things. And I mentioned about my my cause, and anyway, here we are, and we've organised a dinner on the 14th of March um, in aid of MS Ireland, and uh, it's it's going to be held in the night market upstairs. We yep. must highlight that Connor Sexton, the owner, is from Kildimo in West Limerick. So that's right. He started yeah. his career in the Fitzgerald's Woodlands House Hotel there, which would be very well known in a day. And yeah. I mean, this sounds like an amazing restaurant. It's Thai cuisine that they do because our Connor's wife that you mentioned, she's from that part of the world. Yeah, she's from um, the the Malay Peninsula. Um, you know, kind of, it, it, she, I think, grew up in an area called Hawaii Hin, I think it's called, a coastal city um, at the top of the southern Malay Peninsula. Um, but she has, you know, lived in Thailand, grew up all over um, uh, in the north as well, near Chiang Mai, I think, throughout her life. And basically, um, Connor, when they, you know, they wanted to do a restaurant that really reflected the authentic kind of food I suppose of Thailand or is has an amazing she's she's a great chef herself and she they brought over chefs um from Thailand and 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 Asia and um the food there I mean I think it speaks for itself you really just you know as I said you really do feel like it is a a taste an authentic taste of the food um you know flavors that you're kind of trying to comprehend yourself you don't you know it's so different um but so but also they use you know, because they locally source where they can, but obviously there are certain ingredients um, that have to be imported just for that authentic taste. Um, and the two of them work there together and it's really a great reflection on them that they've been getting such amazing reviews. And um, I know that Connor still has a lot of family down in, in West Limerick and he heads up and down to them a lot. Um, I was just chatting to him recently, but... Um, but the, the restaurant is, is a full, obviously, they're there all the time and it's very busy um, and in a great spot as well in Ranla on the main street there. Um, so when we spoke about doing the dinner on the 14th of March, um, Connor mentioned that they um, have a brilliant uh, barman, a mixologist there. And we thought about doing, you know, we want I want something special, I suppose, you know, um, to, to kind of get enticed people to come in. So we decided to do a five-course dinner menu um, with paired cocktails. So I know sometimes you'd have wine and food pairing, but we thought cocktail and food will highlight the great, uh, the craft of the guys do in there with the cocktails, um, but also pairing it with Thai food. You know, you've got the, you think about Thai food, it's it's spicy and you've got heat, but you've also got lovely mild sauces sometimes and, and beautiful um you know, then you've got meat or fish or veggies in there. Um, so loads of different flavors, so many different flavors that mixing it with something like a cocktail or pairing it with something like a cocktail, you know, you have to be, is really interesting. And I think will be really fun for people on the night to kind of think why the different flavors in the cocktails go with the different flavors in the food and kind of get a great discussion going around food. And also, um, we've wanted to give good value for money. So tickets are 50 euros. Per person, um, but that's for the five courses and the and the paired cocktails with the five courses. So, um, really good value there if you think about how much you pay for cocktails on a night out. Um, and I think with the five courses of food, then you'll get to try loads of different dishes in the night market, which is really nice because sometimes when you know you go to a restaurant, um, you can well you're limited with how much you can eat, you know. So this way you'll get a little taste of a good few different dishes. And tell us, how do people book? How do they get tickets for it? So I'm creating, it'll be through Eventbrite, I just think, because I want people to buy the tickets up front um, so that we can, we know for numbers, because um, there's, I need to make sure that we can fit everybody in. Also, so if they go to eventbrite.ie, um, you'll be able to find the, um, and search for Night Market, um, you'll be able to find the events there. 
Um, and also I'm going to be, if anyone follows me on Instagram or Twitter um, or Facebook, um, I'm just at D Laffin and I'll also be um, promoting it now for the next few weeks. So they, there'll be links on my social media that they can click through to the actual ticket sales as well. And just to say that, you know, the money is going to MS Ireland um, and um, we really appreciate it. And I'll also have um, a raffle on the night for some couple of prizes really nice we have um a voucher for dinner um which i'm trying to organize i don't want to say yet where it's for because i have to confirm it but we will have some really nice prizes um on the night for people as well and i'm hoping that some of my uh friends that i met met, um trekking to everest will be there on the night and we're going to use it as a kind of a little reunion so we might even um share you know just a couple of stories or something just so that people can really get a sense of what it was like um, and of course, Connor and Aura will be there, and will be able, and be, their barman will be there to talk through the drinks and the food as well. Um, and the menu at the moment has is with meat and fish and stuff in it, but there will be veggie options available if anyone um, wants to, you know, needs a vegetarian option as well. And last thing I need to mention actually is that the cocktails are all being created using. Um, uh, spirits uh from beam uh ireland so you've got um we're working with them on on the menu so you've got uh jim beam obviously people would know um you've got connemara irish single malt whiskey um and their tony port you've got um uh also the tear connell single malt from them as well and we'll be doing an irish coffee at the end and that's with kilbegan so there's some of the spirits that uh, beam would own and we're working with them on that and delighted to be working with them to to make those uh, cocktails i think it's great to see irish ingredients being used in different cuisines non-irish yeah. cuisines like thai and i suppose that gives us an opportunity to mention that international women's day is coming up on thursday the 8th of march and i know the mustard seed here in in west limerick and ballingarry they're doing a special dinner that showcases some of the female irish and international producers that that are here yeah. in in ireland and you know it's these sorts of nights like yours in night market and the one mustard seed like they are great nights for for people to come together midweek and you know meet new people as well as just going out with your with your own circle of of friends so it sounds really interesting your whole reunion side to the evening and like having a panel discussion or whatever way you set it up for people to hear about your different experiences on on the track last year yeah well I think it'll be nice to highlight that and also um you know, highlight the trip and, and just that connection because, you know, sometimes you buy a ticket to these things and you go and it's nice to actually just hear, you know, genuine stories. Like if people want to hear a funny story about what happened, we've got those or or what was hard or what was easier, you know, whatever. Maybe we can, I might even, um, you know, have a couple of photographs, displays or something like that just to show the breathtaking scenery that we saw. And obviously to hear it from other people's perspectives that I was on the trip with as well. But just also what you were saying about the, that's lovely to hear the mustard seed are doing that. And I think, you know, obviously Aura is another female um, chef and she's working in the night market. And there are so many great um, female cooks and chefs in Ireland. In fact, I think, you know, if you think about it, because um, I know sometimes the, the discussion about female chefs comes up. Um, but if you think about Irish food history, um you know, it really has been um, checkered with so many amazing Irish women um, who were maybe, if not even chefs, were cooks or homemakers. You know, I mean, Ireland and producers as well, food producers. Um, we have so many amazing, um, strong female uh personalities and people in in that food history in Ireland um so it's great to have an event where where the as well around uh international women's day which i believe is the 8th of march um with with a, with a woman in the kitchen you know it's nice to kind of tie that in as well i'm i'm delighted to kind of highlight that um i was just thinking the other day about um the women who kind of have as from a food writer's perspective, I suppose I've always had, you know, looked at different women in Irish food who've kind of um, really inspired me. And, you know, from 
Theodora Fitzgibbon, um, who would have been one of the first um, I, really well-known Irish food writers and who kind of was the first of those really celebrity chefs, um, even though there wasn't such a thing back then, but, you know, used to do demos and um, recipes for people. Um, and she really inspired so many people to cook. And, and it was just, as always, and what everyone always says, just simple food, quality products that we have here in Ireland um, and just beautiful dishes, just really homely and wholesome and just absolutely fantastic with simple flavours. Um, Myrtle Allen, I mean, she's like the the, the epitome of, of Irish cooking and has done so much for um, for Ireland in terms of food, um, not only because of, I suppose, campaigning and, and when she started to become well-known and, and really dri- a driving force for putting Ireland on the map um, in Europe and internationally, she would go to, when she went to France to work and when she went internationally and she set up Eurotalk, um, you know, she really drove home that Ireland is a place not just about produce but also cooking and that we also have amazing food here and she was really one of the first people to do that. But also she helped so many food producers um, just even from a domestic perspective, domestic audience, like some people in Ireland had never heard of um, certain producers and she worked with them and helped kind of get them out into the market and, and also started talking about them um, in her restaurant, but also when she would go out and do demos and, and in her cookbooks, she would talk about food producers. Um, and she really put lots of them on the map. And I think everyone, you know, I mean, she's actually heading for 94 this year, uh, going strong, but like everyone would recognize her as, as the mother of Irish cooking. Um, and Bally Malou, of course, that, you know, she founded and well, that's where she lives. You know, she, um, her daughter-in-law Darina then came on, you know, came into the family and and really started driving the business forward. And then Darina Allen equally became such a well-known name, and also again the same spirit, same drive, the same focus um, on Irish ingredients and Irish food, and just wanting to teach people how to just cook food properly and how to prepare ingredients properly and how to appreciate Irish food. Um, and our ingredients, um, how to grow them, how to prepare them, everything. Um, and I suppose that's why the Ballymoo Cookery School is set up and now, you know, renowned internationally. Um, and then Rena's daughter-in-law, uh, Rachel, um, obviously came into the family. And Rachel equally, again, was, in, you know, an amazing and is an amazing um, cook and chef and um, celebrity chef and promoter of Irish food. Um, and I just think that the Allens in general... Um, are three women, three generations of women in that family who have done so much for Irish food. I just think everyone knows their names. Everyone knows Bally Malou. And if anything, epitomizes the strength of women um, and the mark that it's made on Irish food history. It's those three women in that family, in that place. Um, You know, it just really has done so much. Well, your event now on the... 14th of March. Sounds amazing. And we wish you all the best with it. Congratulations on raising such an amazing amount of money for MS Ireland. You must be delighted. I've no doubt you're going to break that 10k barrier and then you're going to want to go for 15. Yeah, well, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how we get on. But um, I mean, just to make it, I mean, to have raised so much so already, I just literally again just want to thank everybody for their support it really is amazing and um and i just i think if we sell you know tickets for the dinner um which as i said are on sale this week um you know we will reach the 10,000 and um i'll be i'll no doubt be happy there but yeah i'm sure that i'll come back again calling at some point to do something from us ireland it is a really great cause and there are as i said they do support um, they offer support in terms of physical care, but also just, um, you know, for families and people just coming to terms with living with MS or uh, just being able to pick up the phone or being able to go out and go to groups and meet other people. Um, there's so much that they do. And I think, you know, that type of care and support um, can never be underestimated um, for anyone dealing with any sort of illness. And I just think they deserve our support. So, um I really appreciate anyone who buys a ticket to the dinner and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody there. It's going to be a really fun night and I can guarantee that, um, you know, with Connor and Oren in the night market, it's definitely the food and 
and cocktails are going to be fantastic as well. Sounds amazing. Well, as I say, best of luck with it. Thanks so much for talking to us about it this evening and we look forward to hearing how it all goes. Thank you. And just to also say with um, International Women's Day coming up, um, to make sure everyone, uh, you know, celebrates it by perhaps um, looking back to or looking online, back to recipe books or looking online at Irish uh, chefs who are out there at the moment, cooks, their mothers, their grandmothers, you know, looking at recipes that are that are out there from amazing Irish women and producers um, and, and, you know, thinking about it around that time as well. Fantastic. Dee, great to talk to you. Thank you. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break I was talking to food writer Dee Laffin about her fundraising plans for MS Ireland. And if you're just tuning in now and you missed that interview you can catch up on Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.com website voted Ireland's best online digital food and drink magazine. Still to come tonight I visit the beautiful countryside of West Limerick to talk lens and larder with Eman McDonnell. Next though if you're familiar with the show you will be well aware of my fondness for gin so when I came across an article about 10 gin experiences in Ireland I just had to make contact with its author. Gabby Gaydays is on the phone now. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Gabby, you're very welcome to the programme and you have had the the joy of writing about 10 gin experiences that are in Ireland. Who knew there were so many to enjoy? Yeah, and I think there's even more uh, coming up. And like, I think the gin and tonic and the gin experiences in Ireland have completely diversified. There's something for everyone. One of the gin experiences that you've listed is an ice cream related one. Tell me about that. Well, um, you know, Scoop, there's one in Ranelagh, there's one on Onger Street and they have a Hendrix gin and tonic uh, gelato. Well, they had it on the, in the summer. I think they're going to have it again very soon. And it's like a creamy version of a gin and tonic. Like it's, it's unbelievable. It's really bossy and they actually only sell it to over 18s. And it was a very simple experience, but at the same time, it's so creative. And you think that it's easy to get it right, but apparently it took a lot of effort. And yeah, it's something that if you like gin and tonics and ice cream, and who doesn't, uh, you should try. How do they serve it? Is it served just like a normal ice cream or is it because it's made with Hendrix gin, I believe, do they serve it with cucumber? Like it comes, it has some cucumbers into the decoration, but it serves like a normal gelato and like, just like, you know, you have the Kinder Bueno and they might have a, a Kinder on top or you have like the brownie ice cream and a little brownie on top. So it's just, it's just that like, you might get like a slice of cucumber on top. So it's, it's simple, but it's delicious. Of course, Hendrix isn't an Irish gin, but we're spoiled for choice here with Irish gins and some of the gins that are made in the country, they have different tours at their distillery. Oh, yeah, there's loads of tours. And one of the most interesting is the one in the Dingle Distillery in Kerry. And it's just a tenner per person. And it, it includes uh, the guy, the samples of the jeans. And they also have like vodka and whiskey. So it's a really interesting spirits experience. And you can focus on the gin or you can learn about all the distilling processes of different Irish craft spirits. And of course, the, the surroundings in, in Kerry are just like stunning. Yeah, and there is a really interesting story to the, to the Dingle distillery there that we featured on the show previously. Um, another distillery that, that caught my eye was Lestoke because they actually have a gin school there. Yeah, and uh, if you go there, uh, not only it's a 200-year-old uh, venue, so you have all that history behind it. They have created a gin school experience where you can learn to make your own gin and you can infuse it and just interact with the botanicals, touch them, smell them, look at them, learn how gin is made. And you get to infuse the gin and take it home with you, which is pretty cool because it's 
it's ideal for a present, even if it's just for yourself. It's something that you, you craft yourself. So it's, it's very special, something unique. Absolutely. It sounds like it could be a lot of fun as well. But if you're yeah. if you're more in the market of getting out and about and stretching your legs, then Mayo is the place to go because they have a gin trail. Oh, yeah, that's that's brilliant. Uh, the Castle Bar gin trail, that's that's very uh, easygoing. And uh, the way you can enjoy it is to kind of grab the map, make your own route and choose the places you want to visit. Different bars will have different gin and tonics or different garnishes, different Irish jeans. They actually prioritize. They have a lot of Irish, Irish jeans. And like they are really working hard to turn uh, Castlebar into the gin capital of Ireland. So it's it's a very concerted effort from the whole community. So it's, it's really it's something you should try, yeah. Absolutely. And it would be a great tourist attraction. Now, somewhere that does not need to to work very hard to attract the tourists because it has so much going on there is Galway and you're kind of spoilt for choice in Galway whenever it comes to gin experiences. Yeah, I think uh, gin, gin and Galway, it's Tignora and it's actually Ireland's best gin bar. It has about 200 different gins and they have gin experts that will craft the gin and tonic of your dreams. Like they have a large assortment of tonics, a large assortment of garnishes, and they will pretty much talk to you to know exactly what you want and give you that. And like the place itself is beautiful, it's historical, it's dark woods, it's like, it's something really cool. You are an expert whenever it comes to wine, is it? You're doing exams at the moment, you're studying for your wine exams. Tell me a bit about that. Oh, well, I'm studying the WSET Level 4 Diploma in Wine and Spirits, and it's the continuation of Levels 2 and 3. It's a two-semester course, usually takes about two years to complete, that will prepare people to work um, in the wine and spirits industry. And you have six units, every unit has an exam. Some of the exams are theory and practice. And it's really comprehensive. I actually have my next exam on the 6th of March, and I'm just after my first exam, which was in January, unfortunately, did very well. So I, I'd say for anyone that wants a career in the spirits or wine industry, it's a really good qualification to have. And even if you're just doing it for personal uh, passion, like we actually have some classmates that just uh, happen to be like really, really obsessed with wine and they're doing it for their own time. But yeah, I think it really opens your eyes to, to a lot in the industry. Is there a lot of tasting has to go on whenever you're studying for exams like that? Um, you have to do a tasting portfolio. So you kind of have a guide of what type of drinks you might have in the exam. And you should try to taste as many of those as possible. So you have like calibrated your palate for the time of the test. And then you also have, of course, to study uh, the theory part. Some of the other exams are assignments. But you have to combine everything. It's very good to have a study group. We actually have a, a study group and we gather to taste, uh, to, to share the expenses as well. So, for example, if you're tasting sparklings, everyone will bring a different bottle of sparkling wine or will buy them together. And it's pretty good because you, you learn, but it's also pretty social because you develop friendships. I like the the idea of calibrating my palate. It's definitely something that I should devote some time to doing. Yeah, I suppose calibrating your palate, I mean that um, sometimes you might think that something is sweet or something is soft dry. So if you taste as a group or if you taste with expert tasters, you will develop the language that they use. And maybe you will realize that some things that you call a certain way are actually in a different level or you will learn to use their specific vocabulary to describe things. And once everyone's speaking the same language, then there's a consistency. Like they have a systematic approach to tasting called the SAT. And it's it's very concise, it's very clear. And a lot of people in the industry know it and use it or use something very similar. So it's very good to learn it because if everyone describes things using the same uh, context, then it's it's really it's really easy to know what others are talking about or make yourself clear. 
And in terms of your career then, what do you hope to do after you have your, your exams? What are you working at at the moment? Are you going to stay there or are you hoping to, to move on to something different? Well, I love my work at the Taste. And one of the nice things about this uh, certification is that once you get your diploma, the possibilities of teaching um, the lower uh, levels are available. So I would like to explore that part. I love organizing events and wine tasting. So also the idea of uh, like doing a wine club or having like a, a wine appreciation class or teaming up with somebody to like bring wine to people. And, you know, like I, I, I really like to have people enjoying themselves, uh, bringing wine, bringing food, maybe doing different events. We did last year a, a really cool Rioja wine trail. So it was like a, a guided tour and we were drinking wines in different uh, restaurants and city centers, things like that. And uh, like after that, who knows? Um, it really shows you a lot of possibilities that maybe you don't consider in the wine industry because a lot of people think that, yeah, you you be working uh, in service or in retail, which is brilliant. But that's not the only spaces you can go uh, with wines and spirits. The events and everything sound really exciting. So be sure to keep us posted about those. And thanks so much for talking to me tonight. Uh, thanks. Thanks to you. Thanks for thinking of me. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, Gabby had details about some interesting gin experiences to be enjoyed in different parts of the country. And at the start of the programme this evening, food writer Dee Laffin shared her experience of fundraising for MS Ireland with a trek to base Camp Everest and her goal to increase what she's raised so far to a nice round 10k with a dinner in Night Market in Dublin's Ranala. And you heard me mention today the mustard seed dinner that's on to mark International Women's Day on Thursday the 8th of March. That dinner is €48 Euros for five courses including tea, coffee and pity four. And the menu is a celebration of Irish food producers and will incorporate ingredients from the mustard seeds garden also. And a great night is promised. If you pop on to mustardseed.ie you'll get the number there to book. If you're just tuning in, you can catch up on Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.ie website, voted Ireland's best online digital food and drink magazine. So finally tonight we are going out to the beautiful countryside of West Limerick only a stone's throw from where I'm based. I met up with Eman McDonnell who is known for her food columns, food styling and lots more including a collaboration with Kleena Prendergast which is called Lens and Larder. Let's have a listen to our chat. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Iman, thanks so much for having me here to your beautiful home. Well, thank you for coming. You have so many exciting projects happening at the moment, but I think we'll start off with the lens and larger and the literature and larger. Tell us about your collaboration with Kleena Prendergast. Kleena is just a dream to work with. Um, we started Lens and Larder in about 2014. It was kind of a dream of mine initially to do um, a series of retreats or gatherings with um, very talented creative types, whether that be food photographers or stylists um, or travel photographers and now writers. Um, and it's, it was just sort of started off as let's try this one weekend in Connemara and it's turned into 10 workshops and four or five other private events for Lens and Larder later. And now this coming um, April, we're going to be doing our first literature and larder, like you mentioned, with Diana Henry and Alyssa Altman. So it's very exciting. Social media has been hugely important for you in spreading the word, not only about what goes on in the, in the retreats, but also getting speakers to come along to the retreats. Absolutely. Yes. So um, really that's... Um, 
we do all of our marketing off of social media and I'll do a blog post as well which will bring in some interest but generally our bookings happen straight from Instagram um, that tends to be who's interested in coming to these workshops and retreats so um, yeah hashtag lens and larder if you go on Instagram and just look up the hashtag you can see photographs from all of our events from the very first one on and it's kind of cool to go back and look through that lens and larger focuses on food photography so lens and larder has focused on um, initially food photography and a little bit of travel food photography and storytelling um, and we tend to sort of host these events in um, places where we can get out and do some exploring in nature um, with wild food foraging and um, perhaps meeting producers um, and farmers along the way. And in Connemara, we like to do things like we visited um, uh, shellfish, the shellfish on the Killery and the oyster farm in outside of Roundstone. Um, and then, of course, um, sheep, lambs, the Connemara lambs. Um, and we actually, we went to Kylemore Abbey um, last year and visited the, the nuns there. They've created a chocolate factory there, which I think is absolutely genius. <laughs> so we also find ourselves in old country houses with wild gardens, such as Justin and Jenny Green at Ballyvillon House, and I, we were there when he when he very first had this teeny tiny little copper still, and he was developing Bertha's Revenge Gin, and gave all of our um, participants a little masterclass in um, making you know gin, distilling gin, which you know is just amazing because the brand has grown so big, and they're so lovely. You have world class teachers then that come to those retreats. In terms of the photography retreats, tell us about some of the people that have travelled from from France. Was there a couple from France came yeah. to Glen Castle there last year? Yeah, so last year we had, um, in October, we had Lens and Larder, um, and we called it an Irish country affair, because it was at Glen Castle, and it was kind of a play on words because Dominic West in the affair. <laughs> I don't know if anybody really got that or not, but the whole thing was going to be, it was, we brought Mimi and Alder Thorison of Manger, Manger blog, um, in France. And Mimi is the author of A Kitchen in France, um, cookbooks, and Alder is the photographer behind it. And they do a lot of work for Condé Nast Traveler and Vogue and other magazines. Um, but they're just like this most amazing, gorgeous couple with such talent. And warm hearts and souls and cooking. They just came to the house. We took over the castle, and we basically cooked and documented um, all the food and photo documented everything over the weekend and had charades and wonderful dinner parties. And it was just this amazing creative weekend. Did you had you met Mimi before or Mimi and I connected? Um, several years ago for blogging before both of our books came out actually um we connected on a blogging level because i think we were both at that time they had lived more in the country and the medoc in france and she reached out to me saying you know that we had a connection and we did so we've kind of followed each other for years um and we wanted them to come i actually asked them to come the year before and it ended up not working out. So it was really wonderful that they came. And they're really excited to come back. They want to come back to either Glynn or even Connemara. Um, but it was a huge success. And that was the first time, actually, Glynn Castle had been open to, to you know, opening a house to guests um, for events like that in a number of years. So it went very well for Glynn as well. And we're planning to go back, as I said, in April with literature and larder. So it's a, um, a departure from the photography side of things and it's more focus on food writing. Yes. So literature and larder is, um, yeah, it's a departure in the sense that we won't be doing any food photography, um, but we will be talking about food the whole weekend. And, um, you know, we're still working out the finer details of how everything is going to shape up for the workshop, but 
um, we have Diana Henry and Alyssa Altman coming. Diana is, um, and we also have Kristen Jensen, who is an American living in Ireland. She's an editor with um, Gill Books, and she also does freelance work. But she um, is also going to talk to us about deconstructing a recipe. And we have actually my agent from New York coming, a literary agent, who's going to talk on a panel about you know, what agents do and how they can help you and do you need an agent to get a book deal? And, and basically, Diana and Alyssa will be talking about those things too. You know, what's the difference between being a food journalist or writing a cookbook and what do you want to do? It's very beginner level, um, open to all levels. Um, but I think that there's going to be a narrative around it where we're going to be able to experience um, Glen Castle and the surroundings and we'll definitely go into town for one night and have a pub dinner um, and live entertainment so that the students will get to write about their experience that way and really that'll really color their writing, I think. Um, Diana's a, a fellow Nordy Irish person. She is. very like proud to be Northern Irish, definitely. And then Alyssa, is she American? Uh, Alyssa's American. She's a good... Um, she's American from New York City. She's um, lives in Connecticut now. She, her, her, but her, the... the I came across her reading her blog called Poor Man's Feast and I stumbled upon a blog post that she wrote about, it's called Midnight um, Bacon and Eggs. Um, her and her wife, she had worked in restaurants and they'd come home and make this, you know, basically carbonara at midnight, whatever they had on hand. And um, just the way she just um, sort of wove the story of coming home late at night and being tired and how easy it would be to just whip up to put these bacon and eggs together with noodles and how that was a very satisfying thing to do at midnight it's just her writing is just so colorful you'll have to go check out the website poormansfeast.com um yep and tell me then about the numbers and the people that come along, because it is quite exclusive. You limit the number of guests that you have. It's very limited. Um, we never take more than 14 participants. It's usually between 10 and 12. And so it's very hands-on, very one-on-one, and very intimate. And that's really the best way, I think, when, you, when you're kind of looking at this kind of creative information. It's just... I think it's easier for people to absorb things and it's easier to have a smaller group. Um, and we also have, you know, usually a smaller venue as well, you know, so you can't have that many extra people. But so one time we did do a sort of seminar after a retreat where we invited up to, I think, 50 guests to come and it was more like a interact multimedia interactive kind of presentation after the main event. Um, which we could do that possibly again, but yeah, there's usually t between 12 and 14 participants. And the, the, the guests that come along, are they predominantly Irish or the international? Do they come from all over the world? The guests um, usually are coming from all over the world. Um, not as many from Ireland, unfortunately. It's usually a lot of people from North America and then Europe and the UK. Um, and I think it's because a lot of the a lot of the um, talent that we have coming in to do the workshops to teach the workshops have more of an international demographic. And the social media, as you say, Instagram in particular, yeah. you would say, is what gets the word out there for you. And there's no boundaries with social media. That that's one of yes. the, the joys and the benefits of it. That it is. Yeah, definitely, for sure. That's that's and that's the reason why we get so many people from abroad. I suppose those are the first people that end up coming up, you know, being interested. And so we take it's on a first come, first serve basis. Um, generally, the workshops sell out almost immediately. So. I think what happens is we get interest and we sign people up and there's really never a reason why we wouldn't say yes if somebody was emailing us. But it usually ends up being the international people first. Um, and I think too, I think, um, I wonder if like with Ireland, if people just think the, the price of the course is kind of high and to not be traveling and having it be this full experience, full on experience of traveling to another country, maybe it doesn't seem you know, maybe it's the price point is a bit high for 
for that. I'm not sure, but we have had Irish people come. We have. Yeah, sometimes we don't appreciate what's on our doors. Sometimes we don't appreciate what's on our doors. Mm -hmm. Are you doing any food writing yourself at the moment? You used to write for the Irish Farmers Journal. That's how we all got to know and love you in Ireland. Um, yes, I was a columnist for Country Living for five years, and I really loved doing that. I'm not writing a, on a weekly basis anymore, but I am working on um, developing new recipes all the time, and I have a few things in the works that are kind of under wraps right now, but I'll do freelance assignments for Board Bia and, and other writing assignments, a lot of freelance stuff that way, but nothing nothing on a regular. And your cookbook was a huge success. My cookbook is has it been two doing, years? It's since two it, years wow, in March. I believe it's two years, yeah. Yep, and it's on its second printing, and it's doing very well, um, especially in the States. You must be very proud of I'm it. I'm very proud of it. It it's it was a huge um, something to be proud of in my life. Yeah. A lot of work goes into work. producing a book like 150 that. 150 recipes. So um, yeah, go out and get the book, the Farmette Cookbook. Any plans to do another one? <gasps> well, we were just talking about that, weren't we? And I I would like to do another book at some point in my life, whether or not it'll be a cookbook or something different than that. I'm not sure, but I'm I'm open to it and. And the publishers are certainly interested in that. So we'll see. I wanted to ask you, just before we finish up, about the very special event you did for Hermes at Ballyfin. Yes. Sam, is that must be 18 months ago or so, is it? Yeah. Because when I, I met Sam Moody, who is the chef at Ballyfin, and we were talking about it here on the show as well, it just looked like such an, an amazing event. Like you have the waiters dressed up with yes. little horns. Oh, it was the most fun, Sharon. <laughs> Tell us how that all came about. Okay, so Hermes um, emailed Lens and Larder out of the blue just saying we have this event that we want to do a private event for our special cust Irish customers um, on such and sh such a date and would you have any interest in taking a call to you know talk about this so we were like of course we would um, and it was great we had um, I think six months to actually really plan it out what they wanted to do was they were taking Ballyfin for the entire weekend and each night there would be a set of guests so there were like 19 um, or 20 guests each night that stayed in Ballyfin um, they came down from Dublin and what they wanted was to have what they just called it was um, like a, a, a winter picnic um, and it was right around the beginning of November so and they said well we've seen you you know what you're sort of doing lens and larder and we'd like to do some things like that so um, Clean and I designed um, the menu with Sam, and then um, we just sat down. We just holed ourselves up in, in actually in Perry Square in Limerick for <laughs> for a weekend, and just came up with all these ideas, and, and and kind of just you know created this lookbook of ideas for them that was loosely based on like what would Wes Anderson do um, if he had Ballyfin, you know, for the weekend to take these guests on this picnic and, you know, um, sort of theatrical, this theatrical sort of stay there. So um, we had the the waiters, yeah, were dressed up like um, forest creatures um, and basically each of the guests had options to um, initially they would get to do they got to go on like a wild foraging hunt with wild food Mary with Mary Bolfin um, or they could go to the grotto and meet uh, with America Village apothecary Claire um, and she talked about like tinctures and potions and had everybody hold hands and like meditate um, or they could go we had um, um, a plain air painter so we had um, an artist from Limerick actually do like a, a watercolor lesson with everybody in the woods. Um, and then all three groups would then meet up and they got to do falconry and stuff like that before coming down to have lunch in the middle of the forest with huge bonfires and smoked pumpkin, just amazing. Like it was just incredible. Yeah, what an, a fascinating project like to be working with somebody of that caliber that you know you can just go for the baddest thing in your head yeah. and make it happen. Yeah but we figured what do we have to lose and I think that's what they wanted. They were very 
excited about the idea from the very beginning. When we and how did the guests react to oh, it? Oh, they loved it. They had, they'd never experienced anything like it before. So I think there was a little bit of trepidation at first, but once they started on their path walking and in the end, you know, it just, it, they, I mean, Hermes have told us that that's been the best one of all. They, they sort of did these around the world. Um, Nature at Full Gallop is what they called it. So they did it in all of their major cities or in major countries where they would have a customer base and everyone had to plan something different. Like in France, they did, you know, something not at Versailles, but something like that. And they had, you know, characters and similar, um, not similar to us, but just an outdoor nature at Full Gallop. And they, um, so, um, but, but our people, our contacts, I mean, sort of felt like ours was just really special. Yours was the best. Ours was the best. Yours was the best. Oh, you're so animated and passionate when you're talking about it. So I'd imagine you just love to be doing projects oh, like that on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, I love it. And that actually, that felt like production for me. You know, that felt like really shooting that felt like a, a, a mini film and because we did a, film it too by the way <laughs> that is what your background is that's in. my background yeah so so um i was a producer and i worked in tv and film and commercials and i mean one of my my i suppose my favorite work was coming over to europe and shooting food and beauty commercials so because you, you create this entire this entire um scene this entire production over a week's period and then you'd be done with it and you'd start over on a new one and everything was always very fairy tale and um, theatrical and I just always love that so do you miss it I do miss it but yeah. I think that's why that's why there's lens and larder so and you have a web address that you're going to tell lens and so all the details of the upcoming retreats are on there. On People there. want to, to find out more. Yeah. Very exciting project. It's been lovely to talk to you lovely about to it today. Lovely to talk to you, Sharon. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Lovely to talk to Emen and my thanks to her and to my other guests tonight, Dee Laffin and Gabby Gaydays. And that brings us to the end of tonight's programme. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bon appétit. Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. To get in touch with The Best Possible Taste, email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation Bon Appetit